Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Hello there. Good evening, everyone. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Hello to Periscope. Hello, YouTube. Hello, DLive. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, taking calls tonight if anybody's interested. Uh, jump in the Discord server. Jump in the general chat. I've changed. I've changed the way it works. So at least you can hear the show whilst you're waiting to talk on the show. People complained about that before. So cart your ass on in because there's nothing to see here. <laughs> there's absolutely nothing to see here. Go! Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us and welcome to another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. It is a Monday show after the Sunday show, trust and verify. Hopefully no more dropouts today. Hopefully no, no more of that. We had a lot of dropouts yesterday. Am I actually am I actually on YouTube right now? If you're in the YouTube chat, just give me a wave. Say hello if you're in YouTube and you're watching because I can't see any YouTube stuff, but maybe I've got the maybe I got the cut already. Who knows? Hopefully, hopefully I did get the cut already because that will that will do wonders for my rep, for my street cred. <clears throat> Unknown YouTuber Boogie Bumper was removed from our platform today for being full of hate speech and propaganda. Oh no, there we are. My moderator on YouTube just just piked up. I was I was falling in love with the illusion already. Unknown YouTuber Boogie Bumper was kicked off YouTube today for creating hate speech, reams of hate speech and propaganda. He really is a toxic presence on the internet and he had to be removed. Susan Wojcicki's office said in a statement earlier today, because I mean, I would put that like right up on my Twitter profile. That would be a testimonial. It's like, at least someone's paid attention. Isn't it nice? Thank you for joining us. Uh, lots of nothing to get through today. <clears throat> As you can tell, I'm, st- I'm still getting over this voice thing, man. This is the problem. When you talk as much as I do, um, it's, it's hard to recover. You know what I mean? So, luckily in my job, I don't have to talk to anybody. I don't have to talk to anyone. So I can have, you know, 24 hours in between each show to recover and get back. But just I just can't shake the last sort of 5 10% of it. It's like golf. Golf, it's really easy to get the first 30 strokes off your game. That's, that, that's the easy part. You do that in six months. But then to get the next 10 shots off your game might take you 30 years and you'll never do it. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to help me improve my golf game, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Little shout out to the guys on DLive. You can see them going off in the chat there. I have to make an announcement though. Um, I, I want to tip my hat and say thank you very much to the Patreon supporters of the show as always. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your generosity. But I know um, people would like to like leave a tip for this show. And I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm begging. I'm sorry. I'm grifting over here. 
Um, I know people would like to leave a tip for the show, but they don't want to sign up for a Patreon, which is fine. But if you if you desperately want to throw some shekels at me, then I suggest, please, if you can, go to DLive and join the DLive chat and donate tips and lemons to the show because I found out very recently that I can't get super hearts and I've turned off the super hearts, uh, the accepting super hearts on my end, but um, Periscope still is accepting them. So you're actually giving money to like a vacuum and because I've I've got a lot of super hearts uh, built up, so I tried to extract them recently and found out that I'm not allowed to in my country. And I've emailed Periscope and said, hey, what's going on here? Why can't I do it from Australia? And they said, oh, that's a great question. We'll get back to you. And basically just blew me off after I tried to get in touch with them over it a couple of times. So I feel really bad for the people who actually have given super hearts in Periscope because I would rather than just have them sitting there in a vacuum in a void, I'd rather just say, well, can you just refund them then? But it doesn't seem I'm allowed to do that either. They just hang out there in purgatory. So I can't claim them. I can't refund them. But they are just forever stuck there in the interwebs. So I, I don't know what to do. But I know on DLive, if you want to leave a tip for the show, the lemons work the same as the super hearts on Periscope. But on DLive, I can actually get them. So if you did want to leave a tip for the show, um, please head over to DLive, grab some lemons. Thank you so much, Tracy, Space Force, Droid, who have already left some lemons. Left some lemons in my fruit bowl over there on DLive. So straight away. Oh, no, we'll see. That's the thing. I've turned them off. I've turned them off both on uh, Concrete Cowboys saying once you turn the Super Hearts off on your scope, uh, you can't accept them. We can't give them. I've done that. I did that for today's show. So, and both on the app, on the phone, and on the website. I don't know if it takes time to process or something, but I did it for both on the website and on the app for today's show. And then as soon as I started, somebody gave a Super Heart. So... I don't know. I've got no idea. It, it seems like I can't turn it off. I don't know, but I'm trying to. And like I said, I'd rather don't. I'd rather give them back if I can. <laughs> just, just the tip. <laughs> Thanks, Kim. <laughs> so much to get through. Um, if you'd like to call in today, I have changed the Discord a little bit. So before people were complaining that uh, if they join the sh the Discord like waiting room to talk on the show then they couldn't hear the show as it was going so i've just i'm just in the general chat now so if you want to get on the show just jump in the general chat and you'll be able to hear the show at least in the background so we'll get into it uh thanks everybody for signing up to DLive. really appreciated i think it's the way it's gonna go i think it's, it's the way of the future i'm looking forward to it looking forward to it <coughs> pardon me so today i dabbled as you know, there's been a rule on this show, a long-standing rule on this show. Uh, I will not talk about impeachment because, to me, it's just merely verbal masturbation without any payoff, without any... It's just, like, no fun. There's no messy part. So I'm waiting anxiously on the edge of my seat with my toes all curled up in anticipation, waiting for the messy part of the verbal masturbation, which just never seems to come. We're just getting teased constantly endlessly day to day to day to day to day but today i did decide to just dabble a little bit in the impeachment hearing so i'm going to play a little bit of that and what a day what a day to dabble because 
The man who is soon to be replaced at InfoWars, Owen Troyer. <laughs> if you missed that video, we covered it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> the man who is going to be replaced by people who call into InfoWars, Owen Troyer. He made a little bit of a scene today, but that wasn't even the most interesting part for me. You know, Owen Troyer doing his Laura Loomer impersonation wasn't even the most exciting part. So we'll get to the most exciting part of the impeachment verbal masturbation hearings later on. But of course, first things first, and this is what I want to take your calls on once we get through it. The IG report came out. The IG report. I take a very cynical view of these things. And my cynicism has not been misplaced. Um, it here's here's a truthism for you. I I've been saying for a while now that don't pin your hopes on the IG report. The problem is, it's Washington investigating itself, and Washington will always protect itself. Politics protects itself, and the arms of politics protects itself. And if even if you are a hard nosed internal affairs guy. Uh, if you write scathing reports about other government departments, that will inevitably come back on you at some point. Like somebody is going to make your life difficult. So it, it's a bad, it's a poor reflection on the institution of government. So these kinds of things, they go well out of their way to give the best possible presentation of any wrongdoing. Look at any sort of internal police report when there's, you know, say... Uh, police brutality or something like that, all the way up to CIA, FBI, it doesn't matter. It seems to be that uh, the government departments and the the apparatus of government goes out of its way to protect itself time after time after time after time. I don't know if it's a culture thing or whatever. It just seems to be the way it turns out in the end. But this is this is interesting because... Of course, the spin machine has taken up. And on this show, we often talk about redirection. You need to redirect the anger. You need to redirect the focus. You need to redirect the ire. A couple of weeks ago, I put out on Twitter just a little screen grab, a couple of screen grabs from a New York Times article. The headline on this New York Times article said something to the effect of the IG report will undercut Donald Trump's claims re-Russia investigation. But then when you actually went into the body of the article, when you actually read the story, it said, well, um, the IG report will uncover, uh, you know, violations of protocol and a lawyer is currently being charged or investigated with altering government documents, which led to the surveillance. And I'm like, we'll see, <laughs> because they need to be able to turn the story into Donald Trump was wrong instead of the process was wrong. Because if the story that permeates out there and if the story that dominates the conversation was the process was wrong or the process was corrupted, then all of a sudden Donald Trump was right. Do you see how this works? So they have to meet that narrative. They have to meet that talking point at a head. They have to get ahead of the curve and say, no, 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 Donald Trump was wrong. There was, there was no bias in how the investigation started, but we'll get into all of it. We'll break down each talking point as we come across it. FBI was justified in opening Trump campaign probe, but case plagued by serious failures, Inspector General finds. 
If I was being an honest headline writer, I would say case against uh, Trump, uh, case of campaign probe was plagued by serious failures, but FBI was justified in opening it. I would put the impetus on serious failures rather than, oh, no, no, everything's great. It's a good, it's a good probe. It was, a, it was an excellent probe, tremendous probe. Everything was justified in the probe except how we did the probe. That's what they're saying here. Everything about the probe was above board except for the way that the probe was done. <laughs> but see, this is enough. This is enough to make people jump off in one direction. Say, see, told you. Nothing to see here, sir. Nothing going on. It was justified. There was no bias. It's fine. It's fine. But it's not fine, is it? No, it's not fine. A Justice Department Inspector General's report examining the FBI's investigation of President Trump's 2016 campaign rebutted conservatives' accusations that top FBI officials were driven by political bias to illegally spy on Trump advisers. Anybody who's been a long-time listener of this show knows that I have been saying since the Christopher Ray address, which I did a YouTube video on, a rhetorical analysis of. It was like an hour and a half video of a half-hour speech where we took each individual line from Christopher Ray and broke it down line by line by line by line. Arguing political bias is a dead end. It is a complete and utter dead end for a whole number of reasons. To the point where I'm I'm confident in saying anybody who was arguing political bias was creating a straw man which would be easily torn down by the corporate media. You know why? Because political bias is incredibly difficult to prove and it's irrelevant. You know why bias is irrelevant? Because as long as you're following protocols and as long as you're not breaking any rules and as long as you're not acting unethically, then your bias means fuck all. It doesn't matter how much you hate a person if you do your job properly, right? You might really, really, really dislike the person that you're investigating, but if you do your job properly and investigate ethically and do the job to the best of your ability, then that should have no bearing whatsoever on the outcome of said investigation because investigations you have to tick certain boxes you have to collect certain evidence you have to be able to construct a case so bias doesn't come into it if you're doing your job properly so when you understand that the, the issue then isn't bias the issue is did they do their job properly to which I've said that's always been the real issue when it comes to the Pfizer warrants and the IG report. It's not about if anybody was biased or not. It's about how did they do their job? Did they do their job ethically? Do they Did they do their job properly? Did they follow rules and protocols? I couldn't care less about bias. The people who want to make it about bias want it to, want it to be easily dismissed by the corporate media and say, see, there's no bias, therefore, there's no argument, which is wholly and entirely untrue. Concrete Cowboy and Tracy, thank you for the donations over on DLive. The 434-page report issued Monday by the Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz, and by the way, the first I was tracking this 
the first reports coming out saying nothing to see here were literally within 15 minutes of this 434-page report coming out. 15 minutes! (laughs) Nothing to see here, guys. Nothing going on. Really? 15 minutes? Now, I'm a pretty good speed reader because I've been reading, you know, newspapers and essays and stuff for a long time. So I'm not I'm not the best speed reader, but I, I do tend to read a paragraph at a time and then you sort of work through it mentally, which means when I read too fast, I can get fucked up because I'm already reading the next paragraph. You know what I mean? Sometimes I get tongue twisted. But even the best speed readers on earth, I think, would struggle to get to read a 434 page report then print out their own write their own report of said report get it uploaded get the images uploaded put the meta tags in get it on the website all within the space of 15 minutes that's pretty quick that's pretty quick to get all that done i'm not sure that's possible The 434-page report issued Monday by Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz concluded the FBI had an authorised purpose when it initiated its investigation known as Crossfire Hurricane. See, you have to dig into the language here. What is an authorised purpose? Right? Now, an authorised purpose means that somebody has okayed the reasons for it. It doesn't necessarily mean that the reasons were legit. It means that somebody has said, okay, you can do it because it was authorized, meaning authorized by somebody. Things don't authorize themselves. So that doesn't necessarily negate um, somebody authorizing it for the wrong reasons, right? Which could be possible, which could be true. It doesn't negate somebody authorizing it based on false or flimsy or omitted information, which is exactly what people have been saying for the last two years, that facts were omitted, that exculpatory evidence was omitted from the process. If you remove a whole bunch of evidence which uh, shows or proves the innocence of the target and then present that evidence in order to start an investigation... You then, and somebody says, yes, okay, let's do it. Somebody like, say, a FISA court judge, then that becomes an authorized purpose. When it initiated its investigation known as Crossfire Hurricanes, a great name for a mission. I love a sexy mission name. Into the Trump campaign. In doing so, Horowitz implicitly rejected GOP assertions that the case was launched out of political animus or that the FBI broke its own rules on using informants. Okay. It asserted, though, as the probe went on, FBI officials repeatedly decided to emphasize damaging information they heard about Trump associates and play down exculpatory evidence that they found. This is, this is the problem. See, now this is going to lead to a lot of people saying, well, hang on, how can you say that there was no political bias in one sentence and then in the very next sentence say you downplayed uh, inf- exculpatory evidence and emphasised damaging evidence? People will say, but isn't that evidence of bias? And it might well be evidence of bias. The problem is you can't prove that it's evidence of bias. It looks a lot like evidence of bias, I know. But it's still a dead end. 
because they can say, well, it wasn't it wasn't our job to prove the guy's innocence. It was our job to prove innocence of potential guilt. The Bureau promptly indicated it would implement dozens of corrective measures in response to Horowitz's report and that disciplinary action remains a possibility. Disciplinary action. In other words, court cases. (laughs) Firings, perhaps, potentially. Suspiciously, maybe. Who knows? I love the Bureau promptly indicated it would implement dozens of corrective measures. Dozens, not one. Do you see how serious this is? Do you see how damaging it is? Even though they're trying to throw a wet blanket on it and say nothing to see here, they are admitting that the process was corrupted by the fact that they were omitting exculpatory evidence, which led to surveillance activities, which otherwise probably wouldn't have been authorised. And it wasn't just one thing here or one thing there or one thing here or one thing there. No, no, no. It wasn't three or four things that have been recommended to change. It's dozens with an S. (laughs) Reams and reams and reams and reams of potential changes for how evidence should be collected and how these reports should be put together. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here, right? 15 minutes later, that story came out. Washington Post, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, all the all the things we use in today's show will be in the show notes. Let's see what Jake Tapper, Jake Tapper has got to say about this. We have some breaking news from the Justice Department. <laughs> Black, Black Batter in the chat. Yeah, we'll look into that. Let's open another investigation about this investigation. <laughs> the highly anticipated Inspector General report is now out. The independent watchdog out. examined early days of the Russia investigation. The IG found no evidence of political bias or improper motivation influencing the FBI's decision to investigate potential ties. But between the Trump campaign and the Russian government, but the report did find major errors in the handling of surveillance warrants of Trump campaign associate Carter Page. Uh, Jake, Jake, is this thing on? Hello, can you hear me, CNN? Uh, This is exactly what people have been saying for the last 12 months. This is exactly what people have been saying for the last 12 months. They're trying to claim that this is, it has been debunked. The whole argument has been debunked, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing to see here. Listen one more time to Jake Tapper, Jakey boy. Seeing the FBI's decision to investigate potential ties between the Trump campaign and the Russian government, but the report did find major errors in the handling of surveillance warrants of Trump campaign associate Carter Page. <laughs> yes. Does the term illegal surveillance come into, uh, come into mind for anybody else? Illegal spying, perhaps? Hmm. No, there were serious errors, mishandlings, one might say, about the surveillance into Carter Page. Yes, exactly what we've been saying from the get-go. And the problem is, uh, I know Dan Bongino's spoken about this before, the two-hop rule. 
So if you can get surveillance on Carter Page, then you can essentially get surveillance on everybody in the Trump campaign. Because the two-hop rule, apparently, correct me if I'm wrong, is it's not just anybody that Carter Page is speaking to, but it's anybody that Carter Page is speaking to is speaking to. So you can go two hops from the original surveillance target, right? So if Carter Page emails Boogie Bumper, they can now put surveillance on me. And if I email James R., they can now put surveillance on James R., which means anybody in the Trump campaign effectively, as long as they were, re- as long as they were on an email list of any email list that was on Carter Page's email list, can now uh, be war- uh, can now be surveilled legally. But if the surveillance activity on Carter Page itself, from which evidence was drawn, was started in a, a unethical or illegal or improper fashion then alarm bells should be ringing. That is not a nothing burger. That is that is potentially a fucking devastating blow. Potentially. But they need to make it about the bias, you see. It has to be about political bias. Uh-uh, see, see, no political bias. No bias here. Uh-uh-uh. Ladies and gentlemen, if... I, I, ladies and gentlemen, I implore you, forget about bias. Bias is a dead end. Ignore bias. Don't even worry about bias. Don't concern yourself with political bias. Bias is largely unprovable. Everybody has bias. And if people are doing their job properly, bias doesn't mean fucking shit. The issue is whether people did their job properly or not, not what they thought about Donald Trump whilst they were doing it. Where key facts were inaccurately stated or omitted. Attorney General William Barr, uh, unusually, is disputing the findings of the Inspector General report, calling the investigation into the Trump campaign intrusive. CNN's Evan Perez has been going through the findings of the report since it... I'm sure this is going to be fair and balanced. ...was released earlier this afternoon. Evan, tell me the the top lines that you're pulling out right now. (laughs) Good comment in the chat from Kim. Did Cuomo give us permission to read the report yet? I'm not sure. Better check in. Well, Jake, the top line uh, does not fall in line with what the president and some of his allies have been saying. That the See, the talking point has to be the president was wrong. He was wrong. He said that there was bias, but there's no bias. Therefore, any subsequent argument must also be wrong. They need this to be the storyline. They need this to be the narrative. They're going to pay lip service to the fact that there were serious breaches that exculpatory evidence was removed from the process which led to a surveillance warrant being issued which has then led to dozens plural of recommendations coming back from the IG on how to stop such dangerous flagrant unethical practices taking place in the future that can't be the story the story has to be There was no bias. Therefore, Trump was wrong. And it's not a witch hunt. It was all good. It's all golden. Russia, Russia, the Russia investigation was sweet, mate. Okay, go back to bed. The FBI had no reason to be doing this investigation. And frankly, what even Bill Barr, the attorney general, seems to be suggesting. uh, I'll quote you part of what the report says. Seems to be suggesting. My eye always starts twitching when people use these kinds of terms. What William Barr seems to be suggesting. No, no, don't tell me what he seems to be suggesting. Why don't you just say what he said? 
He said the investigation, uh, the surveillance was intrusive. Okay? That's not suggesting anything. That's just saying something. Generally speaking, not always, but generally speaking, when these corporate media types use those kinds of, you know, airy, fairy, ambiguous language tricks, like what what William Barr seems to be suggesting here, then the next part of that statement, they just insert their own inference. They insert their own subjective statement. What he seems to be suggesting here is that uh, Earth is about to be broken open by space aliens and our children will be fed to dragons that were born on Mars. I think that's what he's suggesting here. What he seems to be suggesting is a flesh-eating virus is about to kill us all in the next 15 minutes. That's what he seems to be suggesting here. Don't worry about suggesting. Just tell us what he said. Says uh, from uh, Michael Horowitz, the Inspector General. He says, "Quote: We did not find documentary or or testimonial testimonial evidence that political bias or improper motivation influenced the decisions uh, to open the four individual investigations." Now, these were four investigations. We did not find documentary documentary or testimonial evidence that political bias or improper motivation influenced the decisions to open the four individual investigations. But what if the decisions to open the investigations were based on the fact that exculpatory evidence was removed from the process and negative evidence was emphasised in the things that were presented in order to start said investigation, right? doesn't have to be biased, but it can be unethical, potentially illegal. Especially when we get into the area of lawyers altering documents which led to FISA warrants being issued, which was a story just last week which CNN and MSNBC and ABC have conveniently forgotten about. Conveniently. Investigations into four people connected with the Trump... Just, uh, just a quick PSA. If you do want to get on the show to talk about this, tell us what you think, tell us your thoughts. Uh, jump in the general chat on the Discord now. Now would be the time when we wrap up this clip. Uh, we'll get to you your calls and see what you think about all this before we get to the impeachment verbal masturbation group session. Campaign. We're talking about George Papadopoulos, uh, Carter Page, uh, Michael Flynn, who was a national security advisor and eventually became the national security <laughs> I love it when people keep bringing up Paul Manafort. See, they say the Russia investigation was justified because Paul Manafort was found guilty. Somebody said this to me this morning, a friend of mine. Well, it was obviously justified because Paul Manafort was found guilty. And I said, yes, but Paul Manafort was found guilty of crimes that happened years earlier. To put it in relative terms, it's like pulling over Paul Manafort on suspicion that he's carrying drugs in his car. But then after you pull him over, you find that he has unpaid parking tickets from 1989. And then you charge him with the unpaid parking tickets from 1989 and then falsely claim that that's the reason you pulled him over in the first place. See, it's entirely disingenuous to point to Paul Manafort the arrest and the court case and the charging of Paul Manafort as justification for the Russia investigation. Because the crimes that Paul Manafort was charged with had nothing to do with the Russia investigation at all. They arrested him and then found a previous crime from some earlier time. Now, fair enough, people should be charged with crimes if they have committed crimes, but 
like I said, if you pull someone over because you think they're drunk and then book them for parking tickets, you still have to say we pulled him over because we thought he was drunk. It doesn't work the other way. It's disingenuous. Security advisor in the White House and Paul Manafort, who served as uh, the chairman of the campaign at one point. And uh, what Horowitz found was that the FBI had enough evidence to open this investigation, which was called uh, Crossfire Hurricane. hurricane. Uh, and so the, what was done at the beginning was proper, according to Horowitz. Uh, Andrew Jackson's tank, Pinochet in the chat says, Paul Manafort was pro-EU and was a lobbyist for the Ukraine. What are they talking about? To be fair, I don't know if Paul Manafort. To be fair, I don't know if Paul Manafort was uh, as pro EU and pro Ukraine as he was pro money, <laughs> which is fair enough. That was his job. His job was to be a political advisor and a lobbyist. He made millions doing it, going around to various countries and helping you know various governments in various countries further their agenda. But I don't know if he's. I don't know. I don't know if I'd put Paul Manafort as necessarily principled on anything other than making money for Paul Manafort, which, again, is fair enough if that's your motivation. But the report, of course, also outlines some very significant errors made by uh, FBI officials. That's right. There were 17 total uh, instances in which there were substantial uh, inaccuracies or omissions that were left out of these uh, FISA uh, applications. These are uh, surveillance warrants that were targeting Carter Page, who, uh, as we mentioned, was uh, an advisor for the campaign. (laughs) Uh, According to Horowitz, there were 17 such instances in which things were left out or just was just plainly inaccurate. plainly inaccurate say they were just making up lies in order to secure a surveillance warrant nothing to see here guys nothing to see here sir 17 instances of leaving stuff out or just making shit up in order to get a surveillance warrant but see what has the first two minutes of this video all been about Oh, there's no political bias. Donald Trump and the campaign have been debunked. They said that there was bias, but there's no bias. So there's nothing to worry about. What about this other thing that they're talking about? You know, apparently there was some, you know, apparently there was some tomfoolery when it comes to the collection of evidence. Oh, yes. Well, they have here. They have here 17 things. I don't even know if we should really pay much attention to it. But uh, 17 times where they left out evidence or just made stuff up in order to get the surveillance warrant in the first place. I know, it's very unfortunate. But the FBI, ladies and gentlemen, you, you can rest easy. The FBI has come out today and said, we will be having a very serious look at how we address these things in the future, potentially. We are going to have an internal investigation to decide what happened during this investigation. And two and a half years from now, we're going to release a little statement that says we are implementing uh, three or four of the recommendations to make sure that this never, ever happens again. And the citizenry shall rejoice. Ah! It's good to see the FBI getting stuff done. Isn't it? Isn't it great? (laughs) And these were four different warrants, Jake, that were, that were uh, got approval from a court. And four. in each case, uh, the FBI simply failed to update the information for, for the judges that were reviewing these warrants. <laughs> simply? Simply? <laughs> That's their job! <laughs> <laughs> 
See, so you have to read between the lines with these fucking assholes. I'm telling you. So four warrants, four times, they went to the judges four times with exculpatory evidence removed and shit made up. It should, they made shit up. He said so. Just plainly false information was put in there. They didn't do this once. Because remember, the first three Pfizer applications were all denied. Do you remember that? That's a fact. That's that's not conspiracy theory. The first three applications to the Pfizer court were knocked back. Now, it has been said, it has been argued that the piece of information, the piece of documentation that got the Pfizer warrant over the line, that got the surveillance ball rolling, was what? The PP dossier, right? And when questioned on this, uh, James Comey, McCabe, uh, Clapper, they've all come out and said, no, no, that wasn't the only thing that we had. We had other stuff. And now you are hearing on CNN, protector of the surveillance state, CNN. You are now hearing from them, from the IG report, the people who are trying desperately to make this all about political bias because political bias is a political dead end and they know it. They are now being forced to admit that there were 17 occasions at least where exculpatory evidence was removed and other shit was injected that was made up four times in the FISA warrant process to get the surveillance order on Carter Page. But they're acting so nonchalant like it's ah, it ain't no thing. It's no big deal. What are you worried about? No big deal. Nothing to see here. It happens. Don't worry. The FBI has come out and said that we are going to fix this. It's fine. Never fear, little brave little patriots. The FBI is here to protect you. Uh, Attorney General Bill Barr taking the unusual step. Uh, Un- unusual. Slamming the FBI, disagreeing with the Inspector General's report at the same time. Uh, what is he saying exactly? That's right. He- <laughs> see, see, <laughs> see the framing again. So slamming the FBI after we now find out that there were 17 occasions where they either left evidence out or made shit up in order to obtain a FISA warrant after four applications. Slamming the FBI for that, this is unusual. How how dare he? Why doesn't he have a little bit more respect? (laughs) How dare William Barr suggest anything other than these are brave patriots protecting our democracy? God damn it. The hell is wrong with you know what? Because you you know why, don't you? Because they're setting up the line for 24, 48 hours from now. They're setting up the line that William Barr is a partisan hack. He is just protecting the president. That's why he's slamming the FBI. That will become the new story. Anything to subdue the the other stuff that we've talked about this morning. The leaving out of evidence, the uh the making shit up in the in the process, right? Texas Blue, you trust CNN now? He's obviously he obviously hasn't been listening. I know he's been listening. He's just trying to be a smartass. So I'm, I'm I'm literally pointing out how the spin is working and how they are now being forced to admit the reality of this monstrosity, but they're doing it in such a way as to try and redirect the conversation down other avenues. But you're always welcome here, Philly. You'll all, I'm sorry, Texas Blue. You'll always be Philly to me. We had something special. I, I, I just don't feel right calling you Texas Blue. I miss Philly. Bring Philly back. 
Thank you for joining us, sir. Our favorite, our favorite Democrat uh, word spewer in the chat, Philly. <laughs> Always a pleasure, sir. So the conference, they're setting up that conversation for a couple of uh, two or three days from now, where it's going to be well, William Barr slamming the FBI for the seventeen occasions where they left shit out or made shit up in order to obtain a FISA warrant after four attempts using unethical behaviour which has resulted in dozens and dozens of recommendations coming from the IG. Well, he's just acting on... He's he's the biased one. He's got political bias. He's just acting to protect this corrupt tyrant. Nothing to see here, folks. Nothing to see here. He's challenging what the key finding here from Horowitz is. Uh, again, that, that there was no bias, that the, the FBI had enough see, reason to... See, we have to... He's not challenging the bias, though. He didn't challenge the bias at all. He said the surveillance was intrusive. They said so themselves. But they, they they need to constantly bring it back to bias. See, once you see it, you can't unsee it. You'll now be watching reports. You'll be watching news reports. The little even, don't worry about cable news. Don't worry about Fox, CNN, MSNBC, ABC. Just your six o'clock news report, your local news, where they do a, th- a two-minute um, you know, special on the IG report. They'll now be saying there was no political bias. You know, uh, AG William Barr is upset that they didn't find political bias. That will become the story that's pushed down your throat, whether you like it or not. Open this investigation. I'll read you what his uh, statement that is very unusual that he issued this afternoon. He says, quote, the Inspector General's report now makes clear that the FBI launched an intrusive investigation of a U.S. presidential campaign on the thinnest of suspicions that, in my view, were insufficient to justify the steps taken. It also is also clear that from its inception, the evidence produced by the investigation was consistently exculpatory. Nevertheless, the investigation and surveillance was pushed forward uh, uh, for the duration of the campaign and deep into President Trump's administration. Now- uh, did anybody say bias? Did, did you hear any mention of bias in that statement from William Barr? I feel like we need to say it again because he just told us that William Barr made a statement about there really was bias in the investigation. I didn't see bias mentioned once in that in that statement. Did you? Maybe I'm the fucking idiot here. What he seems to be suggesting is, what William Barr seems to be suggesting is that there was bias and he's really mad. Okay. Let's see that statement one more time. That there was no bias, that the the FBI had enough reason to open this investigation. I'll read you what his uh, statement that is very unusual that he issued. Very unusual. He says, quote, the Inspector General's report now makes clear that the FBI launched an intrusive investigation of a U.S. presidential campaign on the thinnest of suspicions that, in my view, were insufficient to justify the steps taken. It also is also clear that from its inception, the evidence produced by the investigation was consistently exculpatory. Nevertheless, the investigation and surveillance was pushed forward uh, uh, for the duration of the campaign and deep into President Trump's administration. (laughs) No mention of bias. Again, maybe I'm the fucking idiot here. I don't know. Perhaps it sent me flaccid, said he spewed the word bias silently, perhaps. Perhaps. He, 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 He thought about bias. Because we can tell what they're thinking, you see. 
Nevertheless, the investigation and surveillance was pushed forward for the duration of the campaign and deep into President Trump's administration. That's despite the fact that uh, exculpatory evidence was removed. Exculpatory meaning, for those who aren't aware, uh, evidence that would clear the person that is being investigated of any wrongdoing. Like, it's not just a fancy word. It means evidence that would prove the innocence of the person that you are investigating. We just took that out. Fuck it. Fuck him. We'll just take that out of take that out of the body of work that we are presenting to the FISA court judge in order to obtain a warrant <laughs> four times on 17 separate occasions. We'll just take that shit out. Fuck them. And then we'll make stuff up as well. Just simply remember the CNN expert. Oh, they just simply made stuff up simply. Oh, I was just a just a just wrote it down on the back of a napkin while they were sitting at a diner, having a having a hamburger over lunch. No, we'll just make shit up. It's fine. Don't worry about it. The real the real story here is though there was no bias and Trump was wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm. So now. Uh, Jake, as you know, the, the 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 attorney general and has has hired or has appointed uh, a prosecutor, John Durham, who also has issued a statement saying that he disagrees with some of the findings in the Horowitz report. And I guess uh, you can sum it up this way: that Horowitz seems to be giving the FBI at least on that part of the. See how he doesn't go into why Durham disagrees with the findings in Horowitz's report, or what findings he disagrees with. Because apparently, and I'm going to take my comrade uh, James R's word on this, he read uh, some statement earlier from Durham. Actually, I, you know what? I think I'll fucking find it. I think I'll find the quote myself. How about that? Just to make sure we tick all of our boxes here on the Daily Boogie. I mean, we're not the fucking FBI or anything. We actually care about evidence. Um, let's see. In a statement, Attorney General, let me bring that up for you. Let me bring this up. Don't want to leave out any exculpatory evidence. Not going to make stuff up to get myself fired on over here. In a statement, Attorney General William P. Barr, William P. Barr, the world's most boring uh, DMV employee, as he's been dubbed on this show, with one of the in- Inspector General's key conclusions saying he disagreed with one of the key conclusions, saying the FBI launched an investigation of a presidential campaign, quote, on the thinnest suspicions that, in my view, were insufficient to justify the steps taken. It is also clear that from its inception, the evidence produced by the investigation was consistently exculpatory. I, I'm going to read between the lines here a little bit. And if anybody can get, I want, I wanted to get James on the show, but he's probably dropped out. He's probably doing some real work. So if you, if you're in a chat room with James or you can get in touch with him, tell him to stop what he's doing, drop all of his tools, stop the work that he's doing, these, the work that he gets paid for and tell him to get go fuck himself and get in the discord immediately so he can do the uh you know the big Donald Trump pep rally routine that we love so much get his tell him to get the dust off his pom-poms put on his Hawaiian shirt and get the fuck in here <laughs> boogie demands your presence sir on the thinnest of suspicions that in my view were insufficient to justify the steps taken it is also clear that from its inception the evidence produced by the investigation was consistently exculpatory if you read between the lines there i suspect because the for, uh, the warrant process went through 3 times before it was accepted and then on the fourth time it was the addition of the pp dossier 
where apparently Donald Trump, who is a germaphobe, uh, who can who can have sex with Playboy playmates for free, yet pl- yet paid for STD-riddled Russian hookers in Moscow for some unknown fucking reason. Figure that out. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had sex with every Miss Universe contested for the last 30 years, but I'm going to pay Olga here to piss on my face. I'm going to pay her 30 euros to do it for me because that's what a tight bastard I am. That makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Putting that to one side, it seems to me that what he's getting at here is the PP dossier was the thing that pushed it over the line, even though James Comey, uh, Clapper and McCabe all came out and said, no, that's not, that's not what it was. It was something else entirely. And it's also clear from its inception, the evidence produced by the investigation was consistently exculpatory, meaning that as the investigation went on, they only found evidence of no wrongdoing as opposed to wrongdoing. But the investigation went on and got more intense and covered more ground regardless. As if to say that everything they found whilst they were involved, whilst they were engaged in this investigation, which we know now from this report started thanks to uh, people making shit up and presenting it to the FISA court to start a surveillance, uh, to get a surveillance warrant on Carter Page. Like they're admitting that in the report, this, this report where there's nothing to see here because there's no bias. Nothing going on. So the, the surveillance process, which was started by making shit up and leaving shit out, which was presented four times to the FISA court, which included 17 separate occasions of making shit up or leaving shit out. As this investigation kept going and kept going and kept going and kept going, they consistently found evidence that would prove the opposite of what they were trying to prove in the investigation, but they ignored it. And they kept going deeper and deeper and deeper, hoping to find something. That's what it sounds like to me. I think most rational people, most rational people, would come to that conclusion. The longer this investigation went, they only found exculpatory evidence. But they kept going anyway. They kept surveilling more people. They kept interviewing more people. They kept trying to get more documents. They kept spending more money. They kept trying to get more warrants. Why would that be the case if they've only found exculpatory evidence? Could it possibly be that they were trying to find something that wasn't there? Does that possibly qualify as a witch hunt, ladies and gentlemen? Does that possibly qualify as a witch hunt? Okay, James is there. He's muted. Can you hear me, sir? Are you on the line? Thank you for joining us. Get your ass in here, James. I like this. I like this new thing, demanding the attention of my co-host once a week. The guy who has a much bigger platform than myself. Right, I've they got fucking you. said. Boogie said, "Get in here." Boogie said, "Get in here." So I came running. What, what's going on? <laughs> Wait, so were you listening to that? Were you listening to? The I program? did. I, I was. I was listening to most of it. I was probably about four, now nah, three minutes behind because I got interrupted by a phone call. Okay. But, uh, so I was probably about three minutes behind. But well, I let me let me give you the last part. Let me give you the last part there. 
um, yeah. the, the quote from William Barr, because they're trying to make this all about bias, obviously, because bias is a dead end. Right. You know it and I know it. There's no point chasing right. that rabbit down the hole. This quote from William Barr, which apparently is about bias, but has nothing to do with bias. On the thinnest of suspicions that, in my view, were insufficient to justify the steps taken, because we already know now from the report 17 occasions where they left out evidence or made shit up in order to obtain the Pfizer warrant to surveil Carter Page in the first place. It is also clear that from its inception, the evidence produced by the investigation was consistently exculpatory, not it had some exculpatory elements, not we found one or two things which challenged the story. No, no, no. Everything we found pointed to the innocence of the people. This is all in the report, James, that they're trying to tell us proves that Donald Trump was wrong. Yeah. Unbelievable. Exactly. And well, I believe it. I mean and and but but I laugh. I laugh at people like Philly. I laugh at the lefty trolls. I laugh at them because it's the single thing that they're all repeating. Mm-hmm. No political bias, no political bias. But we told you that a year ago. Yep. None of us are talking about political bias. We don't give a fuck about political bias. I well, did a whole a show. You and I did a whole show where we criticized the Republicans in the hearings with Peter Strzok and Lisa Page for consistently arguing about political bias. And we said, this is wrong. Right. This is stupid. They're, they're doing this. This is an easy straw man to tear down. They're fucking, they're either doing it on purpose, which is dumb, or they're not doing it on purpose, which is doubly dumb. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't understand it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, but, but here's the thing that's going to make them all shit their britches. There's a current court case where the judge is going to go, oh, oh, you guys lied to the FISA court judge the whole time, DOJ. Yep. Oh, and what is that major case? Oh, it just so happens to be General Flynn. We fucking nailed this stuff. We told these guys General Flynn is going to be exonerated at the end of the day, and it's happening right now. The FISA report is more evidence. Sidney Powell's going to be all over this. The judge, Judge Sullivan, all over this. That's why he delayed the court case till afterwards because he heard what was in it. I have to. I, I again. I have to interrupt. This is why it's so important to be across things. A, another friend of mine got in touch with me today and said, "Yes, but General Flynn, Flynn was found guilty." And I replied by saying, "No, General Flynn was. General Flynn pled guilty, but the court case has been suspended pending further investigation." Like. Do you, so That's do you right. see how that tiny little that that tiny little fuck up that tiny little misdirection because you know why Washington Post New York Times CNN oh well General Flynn was found guilty therefore it's all it's all true but that's not true no. he wasn't found right. guilty at all he pled guilty and they've suspended the case <laughs> yep and 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 here's the best part the reasoning behind the suspension is that Everybody's been talking about this except for obviously the lefties who have uh, uh, obviously a bias to not talk about it. Is that that he was coerced by threats against his family and going bankrupt. And these are court documents that back this up. This isn't like spin in the press. These are people, the lawyers and him in the court saying this. Sidney Powell is going to rip these people to shreds when this, when this, uh, it probably on Twitter, to be honest with you, before it even gets back to court. You might see Judge Sullivan uh, ex- uh, dismiss the case with extreme prejudice just based on what they did alone because, again, we've talked about this a hundred times. 
This is the main takeaway, and I, we were one of the first people to ever break this. Fruit of the poisonous tree. I think two years ago, when we found that out, I said this. I went, I went live not only on my shows, I went on Your Voice America, I went on other shows. I said, fruit of the poisonous tree. This all began with a lie. Mm-hmm. That is enough for most <laughs> Not judges. one. Not one. 17, according to the IG report. <laughs> 17 yeah, lies. Yeah. And, now it's, and that's, the, that's the fucking sweetness right there. When you have CNN, we told everybody, look, they're going to be forced to report this. And they are. They, and no matter how much they tried to dress up, like you said, the first two, three minutes of that report, 17 consistent. Not, not like uh, it was 17 out of 10,000. No, no. There was consistently hiding evidence from the FISA court judges. Yeah. Consistently. Make it, or, making, right or making it up. He, they, yeah. not, they just admitted that on CNN. They were simply making it up. Yep. <laughs> like it's no thing. Yep. Like it's not a big deal, James. No, it is and, a big and deal. People, <laughs> and people like Philly who claim to be lawyers are saying, ah, it's no big deal. Yeah, I guess you make up shit in all your cases, right? <laughs> I guess that's... That, that's how you make shit up every time, right? Yeah, you're a, you're a fucking lawyer. You're a lawyer for a fucking dental school. I mean, come on. Oh, Philly's all right. We love Philly in here because he's the barometer. We love to bounce things off Philly. He's he's always a welcome part. He's a welcome part of the tapestry, James, that makes up the rich tapestry of the Daily Boogie broadcast. So where where do you think it goes from here? Because... Um, again, I was I was fighting back. Uh, well, not fighting back, but I was just very coldly, very calmly, you know, dropping some reality on people that said I was a nothing burger, blah blah blah. There's nothing to see here, and I said, well, hang on, uh, it's this is obvious. This is basic 101 stuff here. Horowitz, it's not his job. He's not allowed to even recommend prosecutions for people. I don't think that's somebody else's job. He just deals in process. So. To come yeah, out already and he's... say, and this is nothing, it means nothing because that part has to come because this will now be used as evidence against other people, right? When processes yep. come up, they're going to say, yep. you can't prove that I did the wrong thing in the FISA application process. And we're going to say, well, hang on, the IG report that you were bandying around, you said this six months ago. They are going to use the IG report as evidence against them because they're going to come out and say, look at the IG report. There's nothing in here. There's no political bias. It's all 100% factual. And they're going to say, well, hang on. That's right. On these 17 occasions where you were lying or making shit up in order to obtain a uh, Pfizer surveillance warrant uh, under, you know, unethical, using unethical practices, uh, which of these 17 were you? Like, what did you do in there? Yeah. Right? You yep. signed off on it. Yep. It was an authorized right. thing, remember? Who authorized it? Yep. Oh, that would be Rod Rosenstein, who's about to pay a major price for what the hell just happened. Because that Rod Rosenstein, ultimately, this is another thing that we've talked about. Okay, everybody needs to understand that the FBI works for the DOJ. They are employees of the Department of Justice. That means the hierarchy of the DOJ is in charge of and responsible for the FBI employees. They understand what that means, that they can't push it off on the FBI as a separate organization because they're not. They all answer to the chain of command of the DOJ, which is why in the prior administration, every wrongdoing from the FBI goes directly to Loretta Lynch. Mm -hmm. But I digress. Every FISA application had to be approved by the top. And guess who that was? It was Rod Rosenstein because Jeff Sessions recused himself. himself. 
and and prior to that, it was Rod Rosenstein. I don't know how many of those fucking applications he signed, but he's the responsible party. You, if you're, look, when you're in charge, you're responsible. It's the same bullshit they try to play against the president all the time. And the he buck knows stops. The that, buck stops with you, mate. That's fucking a right. The buck stops right here. Yep. So four that, times. Four times. They even admitted it on CNN, James. 17 separate occasions of leaving out evidence or just making shit up in order to apply for the uh, f- the surveillance warrant on Carter Page, which took them four times to do it, which if you read between the lines of William P. Barr's uh, statement there, the fourth time what tipped it over the edge was the PP dossier, I suspect, which has now been proven to be completely falsified. Right from an unreliable source in Christopher Steele, who's going through his own court case right now in the UK. I mean, this shit, it just keeps mounting up and mounting up. And you know me, I'm not the kind of guy that's like, oh, well, they're all going to prison. I'm actually quite the opposite. I'm more blackpilled on this shit. You know what I mean? Right. But this is actually, right. this is far worse than people are making out, making it out to be. Yeah, right. It's not nothing to see here. There's plenty to see here. Oh, yep. <laughs> You got that right. Plenty to see here. Um, anything else before I let you go, James? Thanks for calling in. I appreciate your uh, your addition to the show, mate. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Uh, uh, I, I really don't have anything to say other than to, to, to remind the audience to read and think for themselves. That's it. I mean, you've got to do the work yourself. There's about 500 pages. I guarantee you there's nobody in the United States that's read the whole thing unless they read it before it was released. Mm-hmm. You just haven't had enough time. So read the damn report. It's going to take us a week to get through the whole thing. But the the top line takeaways that even CNN wants to tout, they fucking lied consistently, presented false or misleading evidence, made the shit up. These are coming out of the left's own mouths. Mm -hmm. These people are screwed. So I would just remind everybody to think and read for themselves. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Thanks so much for joining us, James. You can follow James on Periscope at Real Person PLTCS, and also get on the DLive channel for James. Someone was asking for your DLive channel. James is like me. I'm, I'm Boogie Bumper everywhere. He's at Real Person PLTCS everywhere on every station. So that's how you get in that's touch it. with James. Go to uh, DLive, look for Real Person PLTCS, and you'll find James on DLive there. Thank you, brother. Aloha. Have a good day. Yep. Get back to it. You too, brother. Talk to you. See ya. See ya. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen. The great James R. joining us all the way from sunny Hawaii, which I'm I'm sure there's to be a volcano or something of that nature very, very soon indeed. Um, so there is more. There is going to be more that comes out to that. But I hope that I've put some – I hope that I've put some things on the table there. I hope that I've shattered some paradigms for some people. I know most of you get this, and look, I'm not, I'm not really talking to people who uh, just believe that people are going to prison either. For me, it's always important to break down the mechanics of the language that it, that's used. Language and thought are like ballroom dancers. I've used this analogy before, but it's important. Uh, language leads thought around the room. So the way these things are presented, the, the framing of these things is always key because the story needs to be in the corporate press. It needs to be for the Democrats' sake that Trump was wrong. And everything else that's underlying this Trump was wrong story points to exactly what people have been saying for two years, guys. It's all right there. When you can even get CNN 
being dragged to admit that the whole foundation of the surveillance, which started this whole thing, which remember what started this whole thing was not a conversation with uh, Papadopoulos and Alexander Downer in a bar. What started this whole thing is when it's pen put to paper, when it's actually a paper trail is created. And that paper trail was created in the application for the surveillance uh, warrant on Carter Page. That's when it officially started. And from all reports, the IG has reported that on at least 17 separate occasions, on the four attempts to obtain this surveillance warrant, they either left shit out or made shit up in order to get that surveillance warrant. And then when they had that surveillance warrant, as the investigation continued and expanded exponentially, just kept expanding and expanding and expanding, they didn't find one or two things that they found exculpatory. They didn't find one or two things that directly discounted the evidence of any wrongdoing. They consistently found exculpatory evidence. They consistently found things that would point to the innocence of the people that they were investigating and they ignored it and they kept going. They kept digging, looking, hoping for something, anything. And anything that they, in anything that they found, which wasn't pointing to anybody's guilt was swept under the rug. They pretended like it wasn't there. And this is exactly what people have been talking about for the last two years. So more to come. We'll have to wait and see. There's already a lawyer who is facing criminal prosecution for altering official documents in the Pfizer warrant process. That is fact. That is happening right now. What can you do? What can you do but shit in your hands and clap? All right, let's move on, shall we? Like I said, I dabbled in the impeachment hearings today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. You're listening to The Daily Boogie. I dabbled in the impeachment hearings. Oh, thank you to everyone who has uh, donated on DLive. Very generous of you over there on DLive. Like I said, if you would like to leave a tip for the show, then please do so on DLive because they're not going to let me keep the super hearts on Periscope, unfortunately. So... Head over to DLive. Grab yourself some lemons. I've added uh, 150 lemons to the chest, and I will open the chest before the end of the show. Um, I dabbled in the impeachment hearings today. I thought, you know what? Verbal masturbation can only go so far before I feel like I need to get involved in it myself. And get involved, I did, right at the the perfect point. I listened to the last 15 minutes or so of Mr. Stephen Caster's uh, rundown, basically a timeline of the events of the impeachment hearing over the last 18 months, actually longer, starting the day after President Trump was elected. And then this little scenario happened. And I've got to say, you, you try to give the utmost respect to lawmakers because they're obviously in their position because they're good at what they do. Uh, it would be very difficult to stay in politics for 30 years without being very cunning, very intelligent, or very good at blackmailing people. But whatever it is, respect. Tip of the hat. Okay. So I have noticed, though, this trend from watching Jerry Nadler over the last 12 months since the Democrats took back the House that he seems to be really confused a lot about 
what should be very rudimentary knowledge for somebody holding the gavel. He doesn't really know when people should speak. He doesn't know what turn people should speak in. He doesn't know when people can bring up a point of order or a point of parliamentary privilege. He doesn't know when they should adjourn. He doesn't know when he should hit the gavel. He's, he's really lost at sea a lot. And like, so when I tuned in today, I was very unsurprised to, to see further evidence of Jerry Nadler having no fucking idea what's going on around him. He's like the old guy that gets wheeled in for Christmas dinner, like at 95 years old, and he doesn't really understand. He doesn't remember who's there at the dinner table. He doesn't know why he's there. He doesn't even really know that it's Christmas. It's just like, oh, no, just give granddad, just cut up some um, ham for granddad in small little parts. Actually, can we blend the ham, the Christmas ham? Just turn the Christmas ham into a puree for granddad and give him one glass of red wine and just put him in the corner. He'll be fine. Just put the TV on. Granddad will amuse himself. He doesn't really know what's happening. So there was further evidence of that today. Let's have a look. There still is no compelling argument for why Democrats in the House must take this decision out of the hands of the voters and do it before Christmas. During the Clinton impeachment in 1998, the chairman said that at bare minimum, the president's accusers must go beyond hearsay and innuendo and beyond the demands that the... <laughs> they, they just keep finding Jerry Nadler quotes from 1998, which is just fucking brutal. <laughs> President prov- prove his innocence of vague and changing charges. I would submit that those words ring as true today as the... <laughs> Pinochet in the chat trying to get me in trouble. We need to see Boogie's tax returns now. I'm, I'm, what are you talking about? I'm a black shirt wearing libertarian. Taxation is theft, motherfucker. <laughs> Molon Lave, bitch. <laughs> Chairman believed them to be in 1998. The impeachment record is heavily reliant on hearsay, innuendo, and presumptions. Democrats have lobbed vague and ever-changing charges for impeachment going as far back as the president's inauguration. For all these reasons, the extraordinary exercise of the House's impeachment authority is not warranted on the evidentiary record presented. Uh, thank you for allowing me uh, to present this information this morning, and I yield back. The gentleman yields back. Thank you both for your presentations. Mr. Burke, you are now excused, and we will invite Mr. Goldman to take his place at the witness table. Here we thank go. you, Mr. Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman. Okay, so what's going to happen now is one of the Republicans is going to come out and say, why haven't we made people take the oath, you know? You swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, blah, 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 blah. Which is not a requirement in these hearings, I've come to learn, but is more like a tradition, okay? So whether people take it seriously or not, I don't fucking know. People don't have to, um, you know, swear an oath to a Bible anymore anyway. Um, <laughs> didn't didn't somebody, I forget, what did Kirsten Cinema, who I quite like, actually, to be fair. I think she's one of the good Democrats, Kirsten Cinema. What did she swear an oath to again? Was it something like the fucking vagina monologues or something? I don't know. The female eunuch by Jermaine Greer. Some kind of some kind of feminist rag. I'm not sure. Maybe she maybe she swore an oath on the, you know, the cover of Salon or something. I don't know. But she didn't do it on the Bible. She did it on something else. I'm not sure. Chairman. Mr. Chairman. Who seeks your What purpose does the gentleman seek recognition? I have a parliamentary inquiry. General State is parliamentary inquiry. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, pursuant to Rule 7B of the House Rules, the chair. Oh, I got it. 
<laughs> I do have some sympathy with Jerry Nadler because there would be nothing more annoying when you're trying to impeach a president under very, very, very uh, suspicious, on very suspicious grounds and have these stuffy old Republicans like Mr. Buck. Mr. Buck come in with their, a court, a pursuant to rule 7B of the House. I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. Rules guy again. Can't, can't we just get on with it? Can't we just have a vote already? Can't we just hear how this guy is a corrupt piece of shit and a tyrant? Why do you have to come in here with all of your fucking rules, man? Uh, excuse me, Mr. Nedler. Uh, pursuant to rule 7-B of clause 61C, uh, I think you'll find it. It's like, ugh. <laughs> can't, you, can't you see we're trying to get rid of a, a president here? the hell are you doing man chairman is allowed to administer an oath um not mandated to but it has been the practice of this committee to administer oaths to witnesses Uh, i'm wondering uh why we have not administered the oath in this situation uh i'm going to administer the oath to the two witnesses who are now coming up before us to make presentation the two gentlemen who just uh testified were not witnesses they were staff they were Making oh. opening statements for the committee. All right. We will now administer an oath to Mr. Castor and Mr. Goldman, who are now testifying in the capacity of witnesses. But typically, we administer oaths before opening statements, which we will no, for witnesses. For witnesses, <laughs> Mr. Castor, we will now administer the Mr. Oath Chairman, to parliamentary Mr. inquiry. Gentlemen, suspend. <laughs> Mr. Castor was here with Mr. Burke presenting the report of the committee. Uh, that is the opening statement for, the, for this committee. Right. They were not witnesses before this committee. Right. Mr. Castor now and Mr. Goldman are witnesses before this committee and I will administer the oath. I, I'm pretty sure he just flat out forgot to do it. I, like I'm almost 100% certain he's forgot to do it and he's found a backdoor way of like say, oh, no, 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 no. We just do it for these guys. Exactly. Ricky Wilson's on, onto it already. In other words, I forgot. <laughs> of course he forgot. <laughs> if you always do it before opening statements every other time, oh, no, no, but this time we only do it before witnesses. Yes, but Mr. Chairman, we normally do it before every opening statement. Ah, wow, wow, wow. We're doing it. But, 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 but uh, uh, those aren't the witnesses. They're, they're, uh, they're just making opening statements. Yes, but we do it before opening statements. <laughs> the member will suspend. Suspend, sir. Stop talking now. Okay, no more questions. Mr. Chairman, if, if they were making presentation, the gentleman is members, not the should apply. The gentleman is not recognized. <laughs> um, Mr. Chairman, I have welcome, a point of order. We welcome both of our... Mr. Chairman, I have a point of order. Who, who, who's seeking recognition? Right, right here, Mr. Chair. Gentleman will state his point of order. Thanks, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Mr. Chairman, despite our repeated requests for access to the evidence, we received less than 48 hours ago over 8,000 pages of documentation. Mr. Chairman, if this were a court of law, you'd be facing sanctions right now by the Bar Association. The gentleman will state his point of order, not Mr. Mr. Chairman, how are we supposed to process over 8,000 pages of documents that came from various committees? General, that is not a point of order. Hours. That is not a point of order. <laughs> Mr. Chairman, will you give us a- <laughs> Now you you gotta have good you've gotta have good cans on to hear it, but when he's saying that is not a point of order, that's not a point of order. The Democrat to his immediate right leans in his ear and says, "Yes, it is." (laughs) 
the gentleman, the gentleman will suspend. That is, uh, that's not a point of order. Yes, it is. The gentleman will suspend. <laughs> I will now proceed with the oath. This document the gentleman will suspend and not make a speech. Mr. Goldman, Mr. Castillo, please rise and uh, what a fucking, your right what hand. a circus. What a circus. Do you swear or affirm under penalty of perjury that the testimony you're about to give is true and correct to the best of your knowledge, information, and belief? So help you God. Let the record show the presenters answered in the affirmative. Thank you, and please be seated. Each of you will have 45 minutes to present. To help you stay within that time, there is a timing light on your table. When the light switches from green to yellow, you have one minute to conclude your testimony. When the light turns red, he just ignores it signals them. your time is expired. Mr. Order, Goldman, you just may begin. Chairman, I have a point of order. Mr. Chairman, Mr. you have to recognize. Gentlemen will state his point of order. Mr. Chairman, my point of order is this: um, in the previous point of order issued by Mr. Johnson of Louisiana, <laughs> you ruled against his point of order because you said that that Mr. Burke was a witness. You have just told us he was not a witness, but he was, he was a staffer. As such, a <laughs> you can hear the fucking people. You can hear the people on the committee laughing at Jerry Nadler. He doesn't know. He's calling the witnesses. He's saying they're not witnesses. Now they are witnesses. It all depends on what the reality is at that very second when Jerry's hitting the hammer, when he's hitting the gavel. I think he just likes hitting the gavel. I don't think he has any idea what's going on around him whatsoever. Staffer must the, avoid the impugning the motivations. And if you're the gentleman, if, will, so the he, gentleman will. Will you let him finish his point of order? Please? Made his point of order. No, Mr. Mr. Chairman, I haven't completed yet. The, the, the rule requires that members and staff not impugn the motivations of the. They're having to tell the guy with the gavel what the rules are. And he, he's just like, shut up. Ignore, he just ignores them. President. What you this this happens by the way this if you think this is a one off no 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 if you watch enough of these hearings over the last twelve months this happens on the reg this is like a an hourly occurrence with Jerry Nadler he has to have people on his own side whispering in his ear that he's fucking it up that he's doing it wrong he has people on the other side reading the rules back to him and when it all gets too hard he hits the gavel and says okay everybody stop now I suspend everybody uh, it's my turn to speak everybody no no I'm not listening now we're moving on. It's like a petulant child. Ruled was that he was a witness. You've just told us he wasn't a witness. My point of order is <laughs> that you were out of order in your ruling. The uh, point of order is not sustained. I've already ruled on it. <laughs> I've he already was not ruled a witness. on it. <laughs> These two gentlemen. I appeal the decision of the chair. That is not a rule. Uh, uh, it most certainly it is. is appealable. Yes, it is. <laughs> now, see, again, the guy next to him is saying, you have to vote on it now. But <laughs> he's like, what? What? Uh, I, I, I have already ruled. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a point of order. And then someone on his team, Jerry, that is a point of order. Now you have to, now you have, to have a vote. What? I have to vote on it? What the hell is going on here? Oh, order! Order. No, no, I'm not voting on anything. It's not a point of order. You all, you all need to go home now. No, Jerry, Jerry. No, no, because because he said that thing. Now you have to do a vote. What? What? No. Bullshit. Really? <laughs> Bofgren knows it is. The, the ruling is not... The point of order is not sustained. Oh, he's getting told in his ear what to say, literally. 
Listen to this again. I'll see if I can go back. The guy sitting next to him had to say, say the point of order is not sustained. <laughs> Previous point of order issued by Mr. Johnson of Louisiana, you ruled against his point of order because you said that, that Mr. Burke was a witness. You have just told us he was not a witness, but he was a staffer. As such, a staffer <laughs> must laughing. The, avoid the impugning the motivations. And if you're the gentleman, it, will, so the he, gentleman will. Will you let him finish his point of order? Made his point of order. <laughs> no, Mr. Mr. Chairman, I haven't completed yet. The, the the rule requires that members and staff not impugn the motivations of the president. What you ruled was that he was a witness. You've just told us he wasn't a witness. My point of order is that you were out of order in your ruling. The uh, point of order is not sustained. I've already ruled on it. He was not Listen a witness. Carefully. Listen carefully. The guy in his ear is telling, he's literally feeding him the lines like he's like a hack Shakespearean actor trying out for some off-Broadway thing. He's like up there, to be or not to... Line B. B, that is the question. What's the question? No, that is the question. That is the question. That's the line. That is the line. No, no, the line is that is the question. That is the question. <laughs> no more talking now. These two gentlemen. I appeal now, the decision of the chair. That is not a rule. Uh, 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 it most certainly it is. It is appealable. Yes, it is. Ms. Lofgren knows it is. The, the ruling is not. The point of order is not sustained. There you go. Did you hear that? Say the point of order is not sustained. The point of order is not sustained. Jerry Nadler. Gee, the, I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but if I was a Democrat, I would feel like I am in fucking control today. If I were a Democrat in the United States, I'd be like, we are running this shit, aren't we? We, we have got this completely under control. This can only end one way, and that's with victory. We are kicking the Republicans' asses here. They are shaking in their boots. They're terrified. We are dominating the space right now. Um, oh, and then, So then this happened, ladies and gentlemen. So this was at the start of the night, the start of the day, pardon me. Nighttime, my time, daytime, your time. Fun time, all of us. Uh, Owen Troyer doing his best Laura Loomer impersonation. He managed he managed to get into this room, which I find amazing to begin with. Uh, the guy should be probably a Navy SEAL or a Marine or something breaking prisoners out of Iran if, he can, if he's got the talent to get past the cameras and the security staff to get into this hearing. But uh, Owen Schroyer went in there and gave them a piece of what for at the start of this hearing. Jerry Nadler and the Democrat Party are committing treason against this country. And you can kick me out, but he's the one committing crimes. You are, Jerry Nadler. You're the one committing treason. America's done with this. Order. America's sick of the treason Order. committed by the Democrat Party. We're not going to sit here and watch you run an impeachment scam and remove our vote. We voted for Donald Trump. and So, you know what? I'm torn because, generally speaking, I would be somebody who says, uh, I don't like this kind of stuff. To me, that this is like a douchebaggy thing to do, right? 
and it doesn't I don't think it necessarily helps. I don't think it makes it look better. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, well, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> I'm kind of like, fuck them. Fuck them. Because looking bad at this point probably isn't that important anymore. Um, more often than everybody looks bad now. Like people often ask me, you know, as a as a foreigner, as an outsider watching this from the outside, what 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 are people talking about outside the states? What do people think outside the United States? And I just keep coming back to this is the most powerful country on earth, and the guy that is running the investigation in the most powerful government on earth, in order to remove the most powerful man on earth from his job, that being the president literally doesn't know what the rules are in his own committee. You know what I mean? So it's a fuck it's an embarrassment. It's embarrassing. Not for me. <laughs> Cuz I'm not an American, but surely for the Americans they must be like you know, even I would suspect even Democrats who uh hate Donald Trump at this point must be looking at at this whole shit show this circus happening and going this is just a joke this is a circus this is a circus parliament does do a lot of yelling that's correct but they generally know the rules and they don't have these kinds of committee hearings like this it's a totally different dynamic in the Australian parliament like this is insane to me what's happening so Schroyer going full luma and screaming out but i mean he did get attention right he this this would have been how many so this had 260,000 views when i loaded it up it's probably got over 350 by now it'll probably get to a million and and many people say well that's the point but uh is it is it achieving anything probably not probably not does it to somebody like me it looks like a bit of a douchey thing to do it looks like a you know it looks like a screaming kid in the corner <laughs> Uh, you're a traitor, you're treason, blah, blah, blah. Uh, just, just screaming at people doesn't achieve much, I've come to realise. If you disagree with me, then look at all of the climate change warrior kids who scream in, in committee hearings. They become a joke. And, like, that's the other side of this too. Um, a lot of people have spent a lot of time effectively memeing uh, people on the left because of behaviour like this. Because they'll go into committee hearings and scream and act unhinged and get dragged out, um, you know, people on the right have been able to meme them and say, look how crazy they are. Look how unhinged they are. So then responding in kind by looking unhinged and looking crazy and getting dragged out of a committee hearing, I don't think necessarily achieves much. But then again, I'm not, I'm not Owen. I don't work for InfoWars. They've been taken off every platform, and if it gets eyeballs on InfoWars, then it's probably a good thing for InfoWars. I don't think it's a good thing for the impeachment hearing. I don't think it'll do anything in that regard, but it's probably a good thing for InfoWars. Sorry, got to put my cynical hat on. Got nothing against Owen. Got nothing against InfoWars, but that's just the cynic that that's the cynical um, you know side of me. They're simply removing him because they don't like him. Americans are sick of your impeachment scam. They're sick of the Democrat treason. We know who committed the crimes, and it wasn't Trump. Trump is innocent. <laughs> Pinochet, he should have chained himself to the House of Representatives, and he should have slashed his own tires in the car park as well. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, now the good stuff. I mean, I, I think it is good that uh, Alex has passed the torch on to an, a new generation. Because Alex has been dragged out and arrested of that many things. He's probably had enough of it. So now it's like, all right, Owen, get your get Owen, get your white ass down there. You get yourself arrested for a change. Any idea? Yeah, I got any. Yeah, any weapons? No weapons. Just this. But I'm not. I'm not violent, guys. I just came, did my thing, just to try to for a camera. <laughs> Monica, at least he wasn't bloody like the males on their periods attacking Kavanaugh. <laughs> yep. Getting arrested. Off we go. Now the long walk. Okay, that's pretty much all there is. And then he goes in and says, I'm being arrested for my First Amendment right. Well, not really. Not really. I think you're being arrested for disrupting a committee hearing on Capitol Hill. <laughs> but nonetheless, like I said, if it gets eyeballs on InfoWars, then uh, good luck to him. I do have one more story here to take us out for the day ladies and gentlemen a feel-good story a feel-good story there's a lot of fear and anxiety in the world today a lot of people are really upset you know violence gun violence is an issue hatred ladies and gentlemen hate crimes terrorism is a all-pervasive threat and if it's not terrorism threatening our lives then it is the solution to terrorism which threatens our lives in the way of mass surveillance and suppression of free speech and suppression of religious liberties. But I want to bring to you a feel-good story. A feel-good story which shows that perhaps not everything is about hardline religious ideology. Perhaps not every hate crime is caused by indifference to your fellow man or even genocidal tendencies that lie within the hearts of evil men. Alleged gunman in Pensacola shooting became furious over insult in class. <laughs> Is it? Am I allowed to? Am I allowed to laugh at this? I'm sorry. I have to. I find this very funny. I'll show you why. Saudi trainee filed formal complaint earlier this year after against one of his instructors. I wonder why. Pensacola. It's a Florida story. The investigation into the fatal shooting last week at a Navy training center in Florida was officially characterized as a terrorism inquiry Sunday as new details emerged about the Saudi Air Force trainee who killed three sailors on the base where he was a visiting student. That's it. Scrap exchange student programs. We've had enough of them. As the FBI continued to conduct interviews with everyone at Pensacola Naval Air Station who may have had contact with the gunman, identified as 2nd Lieutenant Muhammad al-Shamrani, Al-Shamrani. New evidence emerged that the Saudi trainee filed a former complaint earlier this year against one of his instructors who left him infuriated in class by tagging him with a derogatory nickname. Now, all of a sudden, all of the, all of the flashbacks from Full Metal Jacket, remember Private Pile? They come flooding back, don't they? <laughs> Isn't that what instructors are supposed to do? In the, in, the, in the armed services, give people offensive nicknames, make them feel like shit. Aren't you supposed to break the spirits of the cadets and then build them back up to become honourable, fearless, fighting fuckers? You know what I mean? Isn't that the point of this? 
Apparently not. Maybe they do things different in Saudi Arabia, which is why they're sending their students to the West to be trained, perhaps. The complaint, quoted in a communication circulated among people connected to the flight training, said the instructor referred to Al Shamrani as porn stash. <laughs> porn stash. He had a Ron G. He was rocking the Ron Jeremy, ladies and gentlemen. So the instructor probably might have been the thing that the instructor couldn't pronounce his name, Al Shamrani. Second Lieutenant Al Shamrani, uh, I'm just going to call you Porn Stash from now on. The Porn Mustache. In front of about 10 other aviation uh, aviation students, embarrassing and angering him. I was infuriated as to why he would say that in front of the class, the Saudi trainee wrote, wrote in his complaint, as quoted in the summary. The document was reviewed by the New York Times and authenticated by a person who spoke with Al Shamrani shortly after the incident. The FBI uh, declined to comment on the April incident, and the special agent in charge of the agency's Jacksonville office, Rachel Rojas, said Sunday that investigators are still searching for a motive for the Friday morning attack. I think we found it. Pornstash. Pornstash was a little upset. There has been nothing to suggest that the classroom incident had any connection to the shooting, which did not occur until more than seven months later. Maybe it was just brewing, brewing the whole time. Now, do you want to see the stash? That is a porn stash, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that is a fucking porn stash. Have a have a look at that. Hey? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Say there, second lieutenant porn stash. Why don't you come over and clean these missiles over here? Why don't you polish this gun? Huh? Huh? Porn stash? What do you say about that, porn stash? Huh? Huh? <laughs> I think it's fair. Isn't it fair? Little is known of Al Shamrani's life in Florida during his months as a trainee. Again, Florida. Who knows? Maybe he was in porn. And the incident in April appears to have been upsetting enough that two American students in class helped him file his complaint, according to the post, uh, person who spoke with him about it. Al Shamrani reported the confrontation came at the end of a meteorology class when the instructor, James Day, Jimmy D, asked whether students had any questions before he dismissed them. Uh, so... Guys, do you have any questions? Uh, yes, I would like to know more about the such and such. Whoa, uh, sorry, what was that? Porn stash? Huh? Huh? <laughs> Porn stash over here's got a question. Little did we know. The butterfly effect. Sli a sliding doors moment that seven months later, he would become the alleged gunman in the Pensacola Naval Base shooting. There you have it. I, th I told you that was a feel-good story. Feel-good story. So tip of the hat, uh, poor porn stash. He was very upset. These things happen on a naval base. Uh, uh, from what I've been led to believe by popular culture, if the worst thing that happens to you on a naval base is getting a porno name, then you're probably getting away lightly. <laughs> there, was a, there was a story circulating uh, here in Australia, what, I don't know, five years ago, um, where guys on naval bases had set up a website to rate the the female Navy personnel who they had sex with. It was like a private Facebook group or something. So they would rate, you know, oh, yeah, Kim, you know, Rachel, you know, Susan, blah, 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 8 out of 10, 7 out of 10, 
<laughs> so if the worst thing that's happening to you in a hazing ritual in the Navy is getting a crude nickname rather than getting, you know, sump oil pumped up your ass or something of that nature, then you're probably getting off lightly. So he's very, very lucky indeed. Uh, that brings us to the end of today's show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. You are on the Daily Boogie podcast. I am now going to open the chest. Thanks to everybody who contributed over on DLive. Like I said before, if you'd like to tip the show, then uh, DLive is absolutely the best way to do it. Grab yourself some lemons. Give me some love and I'll love you back, of course. The chest is now being opened on DLive. And thanks to everyone who has signed up on DLive. I appreciate it. Thank you, of course, to my Periscope fam. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Don't forget to follow our friends at RealPersonPLTCS, at ChrisMC44, at YCensored underscore for Thursday nights. Um, what else? What else have I got to say? What else have we got to say? If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to Patreon.com forward slash Boogie Bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to open my chest, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Uh, there we go. The chest is open. Henry St. George, Tucker, Monica, Y-Censored, Space Force Droid, and Ducks Regionus all take home some free lemons for participating in the show today on DLive. Until tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>